You're listening to Dodge Movie Podcast. Your hosts are Christy and Mike Dodge, the founders of Dodge Media Productions. We produce films and podcasts, so this is a podcast about films. Join them as they share their passion for filmmaking. Welcome back, everybody, to the Dodge Movie Podcast. We are rounding out this month of sports films, and I promise you, this one is a sports film. It's called Men With Brooms, and it came out in 2002. I had not seen this film. It was a suggestion of my co-host, who saw it. Funny story about how I discovered this film. I discovered curling at an Olympics, the broadcast, and I said, I really enjoy this. I want to see more. There must be a movie about this, and this is the only only film I could find about curling. Now, there's a fabulous documentary that we watched right before the Olympics. Rock stars. Rock stars. Narrated by Nick Offerman. Big fan, by the way, Nick, if you'd like to be on the podcast, I'm happy to have you on the podcast. I believe it's on Peacock. I think it's Peacock. It is so good, you guys. Next to this movie, it's it's a pretty... Well, I guess maybe it's a docuseries, because I think there's more than one episode. Yeah, there's four apps. I think it is a great counterpoint to this film. Yeah. So this film was... Written and directed by Paul Gross, who, if anybody saw Tales of the City, the most recent version that was on Netflix, I believe a few years ago, he was in that and he's gone on to do a lot of plays. I did not. He looks somewhat familiar. I don't know if he did. He look familiar to you? Uh, No, I think if anything, I'd have to guess that he's looks a little bit like the lead hunky brother in The Lost Boys. What was his name? Something Patrick. Oh, Patrick. Jason Patrick. Jason Patrick. I saw a little bit of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He's got a little bit of Jason Patrick. It stars him, Leslie Nielsen as his father, Molly Parker, who a lot of you House of Cards fans would recognize, and a ton of beavers. <laughs> a whole lot of beavers. Some of them may have been CGI'd. Some of them were, but some of them weren't. Right. Was there a beaver wrangler listed in the credits? Well, I know for a, there's a blooper reel and you see actual beavers in the scene with the, in fact, I looked this up. Do you know what a group of beavers is called? No, I don't. A colony. A colony. So in my mind's eye now, I would love it to be that when they were in pre-production, they put out the call across all of Canada Yeah. for all beaver behavior wranglers yes. to show up on set with their beavers. Yes. And then there was issues about which beavers could be next to each other because some of them didn't like each other. Right. Oh, that would be great. You're writing a whole backstory. Actually, I am. Yeah. This is a great little <laughs> skit. Saturday Night Live, you can, you can t- contact me if you want to work on that. <laughs> This film is very Canadian. Oh, yeah. eh? And takes place largely in Ontario, in Toronto, as well as some outlying areas. I think the town is called Long Bay. I don't know if that's a real town in Canada or if that was made up for the film. So the synopsis for this film, thanks to IMDb, is four men take time from their personal problems to reunite as a curling team and compete in a bonspiel. Is that what a tournament is called? Uh, or did somebody, like, just <laughs> pound the keyboard? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they had a few too many. <laughs> to restore their honor. Tagline. There's only one, so I hope you like it. There's more than one way to sweep a woman off her feet. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> 
let's see how they did that because you sweep in curling and the phrase is to sweep a woman off her feet and the whole point of this film is spoiler alert eh is getting amy so chris and amy got to get together by the end of the film he's got to sweep her off his feet yeah look at that so i will admit when mike told me about this film i did not figure i would care for it i thought we would have another gregory's girl moment where i was a little embarrassed and contemplating should we pick a different movie and then i open up imdb and one of the reviews as i'm filling out my little my notes said is there a cliche in this movie that they didn't use and it gave it a one star well that person is a little bitter yeah i was nervous and at the very beginning it kind of had the feeling of a very silly 80s teen movie it maybe did a bit at the very beginning though sure i have to say i loved this movie yeah it's a really good it's just a sweet little i mean you even called it a little hallmarky but not in a corny way but just it's sweet it's just right it's simple it's a boy you know to give you an example of the humor and i i love this they have a piper which always gets me the film film. opens up a beautiful waterfall with a piper at the edge of the shore playing some pipes when you see him throughout the film if he's not playing and he's walking his pipes make a little (laughs) every time he takes a step It is hilarious. You're totally right. Right. So the premise of this film basically is there's uh, four people on this curling team. They know each other. They've lived in this small town. They've played curling before. But it's a small town feel. They all know each other. They've been together forever. There's two sisters that are involved as well. And their father dies. It's kind of the inciting incident Mm -hmm. to the whole thing. So it's got a cute, yeah, small town kind of feel. Mm -hmm. And James Allody, which is probably one of the guys... Polly Shannon, which I believe is the older sister, George Booza and Bo Starr, as well as Leslie Nielsen, appeared in another Paul Gross film called Due South, which is also about Canada. Yeah, but I think that one's Mounties, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. You got to watch that one. I may have seen it before, but it might be worth a rewatch, <laughs> eh? <laughs> so, Mike, what pickup line kicks off this film? Okay, this is kind of going to be a bit of a two-parter. Okay. So, the spoken on-screen line is... Is, dad oh my god dad because her father dies spoiler alert right but it's immediately followed by vo which is closer to my opinion of the, the opening line he says well i guess death waits for us all but i was hoping god would make an exception for a curling man is that from the voice of the dad that's the dad's voice yeah so that actor he got to film that one scene uh-huh and record some vo yeah and it was a good mm-hmm. day's work thank you sir yeah that's a wrap So I love how the film kind of opened up as all, well, most films do, where we're meeting the characters, right? And so we meet each of the four fellows who are going to play curling. And as with a lot of groups like this, there's usually like the one stable one who is married. And there was a great scene where to kind of show us how much curling is in his bones. He's looking at the table and he's got these two boys and his wife is sitting there and she's a little pinch face oh yeah quite a bit pinch face and i loved the camera movement in this scene because we basically as he's describing the table as if it is a curling what do you call it lane what do you call the oh gosh i would say the ice okay so he's, he's comparing the table to the ice and all of the dishes on the table are the different rocks yes and he kind of 
pushes one of the dishes and it pink, pink off of other dishes. Right. And the camera movement showing his and then he looks down the table at the very disapproving wife. Uh-huh. And the kids have like this, is he really going to do it? Like, is he really going to throw yeah. that? And so to have your dad kind of be playful with the food and the dishes and right. it would be something that wouldn't be allowed. Mm-hmm. To me, it, sh- it told us a lot about that character that A, mm-hmm. he loves curling so much. He sees the dinner table as, you know, a cur- the ice. Right. It tells us that he's married to a woman who doesn't share his love for fun and playfulness. And, you know, right. she's she's disapproving of this sport, probably. And I guess it probably tells us something else <laughs> that I forgot. I went up on my line. I thought this was good direction from Gross in that there's that one. And then there's a scene later where the similar to but legally distinct from NASA group and somebody throws a kind of dossier down the table. And it's just like in curling where they they toss the, the rock down and then it slides straight to the right spot. So I thought that was clever because there's not a lot of opportunity in everyday life to bring curling into it. Mm-hmm. So well done by the crew and, and, and the director. And then we meet one of the guys is kind of like in this cheap hotel and he's got this girl who it appears either he's just met or hasn't known very long. And we meet Paul and then we meet a gentleman who's him and his wife are rabidly trying to get pregnant and so it shows her taking her temperature a lot and she's saying go now now you know and so uh, in a a little bit into the film uh, maybe a half hour in maybe not quite that much we see all four of them and as their personalities have been introduced to us and one of them says i'm a drug dealer the other one says i bury dead people the other one says i have a single digit sperm count and then paul says and i'm a naked cheater i say we go for are you with me let's do it and then the four of them all naked jump into the water right and i just thought it was a fun like this is probably something they did in high school yeah it was probably how they kicked off the season maybe and it was funny because i think they try to get back out and it's just almost like this sheer rock wall and i thought how are they gonna get out did they not think of this and somebody goes wasn't there a rope ladder here (laughs) so you could tell that like maybe this was 20 years ago that they jumped in this water and the rope ladder has since been removed Although I, I would have to say they established the water is quite cold. Yes. Perhaps that was dangerous, maybe. Right, <laughs> right. right. Yeah. And it, you mentioned the one character who's got the pork pie hat on, who's got the the girl he doesn't know her name, right? Right. He reminded me a little bit of Skank from another northern small town sports film, Mystery Alaska. Yes. They did have a lot of tropes in this, although after seeing that review, I was expecting way more. But I really enjoyed... There's a scene where the guy, I think with like lipstick, drew on his unnamed girlfriend or lady of the night. And it reminded me of the Armageddon scene. Oh, yeah. When he was describing. Totally. And I thought, what a funny way also to kind of tell how to play curling is he's using. It's a fantastic way to get people to pay attention to your description (laughs) of how to play curling. The uh, United States Curling Federation may want to (laughs) take note of that, eh? Take note. Yeah. (laughs) I thought it was interesting, too. So we find out pretty early that Chris cheated. And I am surprised. 
cheated at curling. Yes, cheated at curling. I'm surprised that this part of curling is on the honor system that if if you see another player or I assume if you yourself touch the stone with your foot or with anything like yeah, like you, the, broom. the broom. Yeah, it's called burning a stone. Yeah. And so he saw it a long time ago and he didn't say anything. And that's why they threw the stones in the lake. And that's why their dad was out in the lake trying to find the stones. Get them back. I actually am not surprised that it's on the honor system. In part because... Well, it's from Canada. It would be hard to... Okay, well, I think if you go back and look at the history of curling... Even though the stones are quarried in Scotland, I do believe it, it came to North America in New York, not in Canada first. Oh, okay. So, but I, I think it would be hard to adjudicate otherwise. I mean, you have to, to trust the person, but I think that's part of curling. That's part of the allure of the sport. Now, an interesting thing about curling is this is one of the few sports that I know of. I could maybe only think of perhaps target shooting where the Olympic team can be in their 40s. Right. So it's a very different sport than a lot of them. And I could see with that maturity that it probably works. You say that's the honor system. Well, doesn't he say something like, I would rather, maybe I'm thinking of something else. I would rather lose than win basically having cheated. Well, and and there is a bit of precedence. I did see a a collegiate tennis match where they didn't have enough officials. So the players had to call their own, call it out. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that was just what they had to do. Right. And so you were expected to be honorable Uh, in your call. A stone is 42 pounds of polished granite. It is. They They are pretty. So in traditional Scottish measurements, 14 pounds is called one stone. It's a unit. So it's a three stone stone. You're welcome, listeners, for a little bit of of education there. We're not just all about the chucks and giggles. (laughs) Yes. I found it a little bit confusing that Amy, the younger sister, I was like, does she have a crush on Chris or not? And wouldn't that make the sisters, like, wouldn't that be some tension amongst the sisters that I didn't feel like I saw a ton of? Right. Because uh, there was a line of dialogue that established Amy was an alcoholic. And at one point when she's doing physical therapy with the Leslie Nielsen character in the pool and Chris comes to visit her, she says, I'm no longer your drinking buddy anymore. So what that established to us was when they were younger, they were more just drinking partners. And perhaps the implication is she was drinking to maybe numb the feeling she was having for Chris because there was that tension. And there's a funny line where the two sisters are talking about this this tension. And the older sister says, this isn't a Chris and you thing or me and Chris thing. This is a you and me thing. And then Amy, played by Molly Parker, says, what, like a lesbian incest kind of thing? Which I thought was a funny line and did not ring true. I, I'm not sure that a woman would say that line. I think a guy would, but not a woman. Right. Which the writer is a... A gent. A boy. It was hard for me to always know the guy, I guess, that's a drug dealer. Did he have a different partner at different times? Or because I felt like sometimes the girls looked similar. There was supposed to be just one kind of trampy gal. Uh-huh. That was the lipstick curling that was throughout the film. But then she ended up, I think, getting together with the mortuary guy. And he's the dad that I was referring to yes. at the dinner table at the very beginning. The mortuary guy is. So did you find it interesting? At one point, Chris has a chance to 
rewrite history and make a good choice that he sees, I believe it was like the drug dealer guy, burn a stone. And I thought he would fess up. This is his chance to write write history. And then they... And he doesn't. Right. That was a very clever writing choice because, yeah, it draws... Now, the great thing is it sets up at the end of the film. Yes. He is posed with the same choice. Yes. And so you're like, well, for sure he's going to do it this time. Right. Okay. Oh, you enjoyed this. You chuckled. After a match that they lost, I think it's the one that he... Well, that wouldn't make sense. Anyway, they lose... Oh, no. Maybe it is the one where he finally fessed up. Anyway, he loses the match. He's at the bar. He's drinking. He asks the bartender if he can throw... <laughs> no, he says, how much for a beer? Then how much for the glass? How much for the TV? And then he, having purchased and, the TV, he turns and throws the glass of beer into the TV. And off camera, you hear, you should throw a rock like that. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. That was great heckling, yeah. <laughs> Which is probably realistic. Yeah. <laughs> so the other thing that I was super impressed with that really surprised me of this film is there's a scene where Leslie, I think maybe Chris Cutter goes to his mom's grave and Leslie Nielsen comes a little bit later because he knows that's where he's going to be. I can't remember how they both get there, but they're both at the mom's grave and they're really having a poignant moment. And I was super impressed. It didn't ring like too much. The movie was not so silly that you couldn't have this sweet, tender moment. And I was just really impressed by how Paul wrote this whole film, really, that you could have some good chuckles, you could have some fun, some laughs, but then still have this heartwarming scene between father and son. Yes, you perhaps think of Leslie Nielsen from the Naked Gun movies. 100%. The Police Squad. And I do have to, at this point, interject a little bit. Yeah. So Leslie is not with us anymore. And his gravestone says, letter rip, which is a reference to his favorite joke. He had this handheld device that could make fart sounds. And apparently he had practiced with it because I heard a story from somebody who'd worked with him and they were at an award show and they said he was walking by and and they were so excited that they had worked with him. So they said, said, hey, my mom and dad are here. Would you mind, you know, saying hello? Uh And they said with a completely straight face, he went into this like five minute glowing speech about their son the entire time using this fart machine to make a non-stop series of different fart noises without breaking character. He said his parents were laughing so hard they couldn't breathe. And so that guy, who by the way, apparently was a fantastic person, very funny, very nice. You would think, okay, he's going to be in this film. It's going to be slapstick. Goofy. Yeah, it's going to be airplane. Yeah. And there's a great, I, I think it's a funny scene, but it really shows restraint where his father has just started recurling again. And when you throw the stone, you traditionally get down on one knee and one foot. You're really low You're down. You're kind of in a lunge position. A lunge. And he calls his son over and he says, how's my form? And the kid says, oh, it's his perfect dad. And he says, I think it's permanent. Because <laughs> yeah. he's he's injured his back. Yeah. But that line could have been delivered very, like you said, yeah. kind of 80s, campy, over the top. But it was funny, but it was delivered in, in a very restrained way. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think, like I said, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that this, this is a Hallmark film per se. No. But I think it is more tender yes. than than maybe slapstick. Yeah. I mean, I think. And there are, are moments when it's silly. Yeah. Right? But uh, I really think it is well done. It, it's a good 
balance. Yeah, it's weighted perfectly. The tone is good. I like the scene where they are in a sweat lodge and they're <laughs> using the curling stones instead of like the hot rocks. <laughs> yeah, that, and Leslie's pouring the water over the, <laughs> the curling stones and they're steaming and creating it. Yeah. Which hot. again, folks, you got to go watch that docuseries Rock Stars. Yeah, it's About good. the U.S. men's curling it's team. It's super it's good. good. It's good. We had a couple of training montages, which I feel like that needs to be in every sport. If it's a sports film, okay. you need a training montage. Maybe that's why Jerry Maguire is in a sports yeah, film. Yeah, there no was training no montage. training. Yeah, I agree. Um, How about you? Do you have anything while I look over my notes? Well, I have to say from a costume perspective, I absolutely love the hat that Leslie Nielsen wears at the Golden Broom Tourney. I don't know what you would describe it I as. I thought that was a tam shanter or whatever. I don't think it was a tam, but whatever it was, it was a beautiful green and purple knit thing. I just... Uh, to go with his red and blue or red and black plaid pants. Yeah, so the costume designer of this film, if you hear this and you can send that to me, I'd be grateful. Love that hat. Yeah, I agree. I like in under costuming, since we're talking about that, that they didn't even try to have any sort of uniform like not even like a cheap t-shirt that they just went down to the mall and had done <laughs> but the other team had like mylar iridescent <laughs> track suits and cheerleaders i'm gonna say i've never heard of cheerleaders and curling so that was interesting also notice that even the octogenarians team had like the matching silk jackets so yes. these guys were so bottom of the barrel that they couldn't even yeah get a t-shirt yeah yeah one little thing kind of bumped me but this is i mean even though this was done in 2002 this feels very 80s at the very end i think is it i can't remember who it was there was like was it the astronaut sister and somebody else kiss like in a celebratory way and it just felt like a gratuitous oh let's throw a lesbian kiss in here it was the local cop and the waitress yes and that did feel a little gratuitous it's just it's like really like i guess in 2002 we just weren't as woke but it just like just to throw it in for no reason like it'd be different if you did like there's been something with missy pile that i feel like her character throughout the film you know she played like an eastern block that was dodgeball she played and then at the, the end she kisses yeah but i think it's steve the pirate but there's uh, christine taylor's character said something like oh yeah that was friend but if you build it throughout the film that somebody is flirting with that lifestyle and then so, maybe it could serve the plot but to just throw in oh let's have two women kiss right now it just come on that was a bit much i did like when those two characters we first see them in the diner i thought that was very subtle and well done mm-hmm. that part i was fine with but yeah it was a kiss at the end felt a little bit that it, yeah it, it didn't it wasn't and smooth it had a little bit of a mighty ducks ending where the losers i thought the heel turn of the of what looked like european block of a mylar iridescent <laughs> like when yeah. they lose they just turn and it's like put them there buddy good game i just thought oh, it's curling though eh? <laughs> sportsmanship is a but, key part of curling. okay except for they were intense and competitive the whole film until they lose and now they're going to be gracious i like to think that you can be competitive and still a good sport okay their arian look didn't sell it <laughs> you know to be honest they were kind of leading us toward dos sound machine yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> I, you know, I bet, don't you think that Kay Cannon probably has seen Men with Brooms before she wrote Sound Machine? Did I get that right? Kay Cannon, I think. Whoever wrote Pitch Perfect 2. Ah. If I got that wrong, I apologize to the screenwriter. Okay. I liked the cut under the, my editing category. They were training in the, I don't know if they were like the coal fields or the steel. Anyway, there were these big, tall mounds of some sort of mine. Something. Something. And they pour these, they, they have these big cauldrons and yeah. you you were right. Why would you pour molten whatever on top of this mixture anyway? But they cut from that scene of the stuff flowing down those big mounds to the waterfall. Yeah. And the water is falling off. And I, I liked that type of yeah. edit cut. Yeah. I thought the cinematography was good. A uh-huh. special note was they had a shot early on where basically somebody's tossing the stone. And as we established, you know, you get in kind of this lunge position, you shoot forward and they shot it from in front of that person. So in my mind's eye, I saw the camera operator laying on their belly with the camera and a couple of grips holding his feet, dragging him down the ice, right? Yeah. I love the Pipers, especially oh. the rock version of O Canada near the end. Oh, that was pretty good. So note to filmmakers, if you have Pipers or a kilt in your film, I'm in. Yes, that, that's an instant get for you. All right. How about head trauma? Do we have any head trauma in Men with Brooms? Right after the opening funeral, Chris bangs his head while he's walking down the, the sidewalk with Amy. Right. I'm surprised he didn't. I think he would have cut open his the corner of oh, yeah. where he hit. I, I would think so, too. Yeah. How about a smooch? Smoochy, smoochy, smoochy. So there is a, <laughs> there's actually two smoochies. One is Julie smooches Chris at 3144 after they lose to the Octogenarians. But then Amy and Chris kiss in the street at one hour, 38 minutes and 31 seconds. True love. True love. He swept her off her feet. Ha! See how you did that? Yeah, I did that. We brought it back 29 minutes humor-y. later. Nice. How about a driving review? So... I have to say, I generally rely on the Internet Movie Card Database, and they let me down badly on this film. Uh So I had to fly without a net. I'm pretty sure that's a 65 Impala that Chris is driving. Nice vehicle. However, Amy drives a Reg Dodge Dakota pickup, so she's got one of ours. Yeah, way to go, Amy. What car were they driving when the Beaver Colony stopped them? I think that was in the Impala. Okay. Okay. Shall we go to the numbers? Let's go to the Okay. I'm going to just quickly say before I head to the numbers, in an attempt to make this Canadian film successful, Alliance Atlantis put on an advertising campaign that was on par with a campaign for a Hollywood-made film. This film had a pretty low budget at $7.5 million. And sadly, worldwide and domestically, it only made 4.2. So that is only a 0.6 multiple of the budget. Well, that, that's what's reported. But, you know, we just watched it. So maybe it's doing better after the fact. It's a cult hit. Who knows? And adjusted for inflation today, that would be like 6.7. So pretty low. Although it beat any of our films. <laughs> See, I have a hard hard time seeing, like, I, I don't know about in the theater, Yeah, but I could see this one playing real well in Canada yeah. late at night. It's kind of a cult classic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's about curling. They love curling up there. They love it. So, unfortunately, not enough people maybe have seen it because it, it scores pretty low on IMDb. It's 5.9 out of 10. Critics on Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 57%. Audiences loved it more at 67%. So, I would 
would love to have a chat with Paul Gross about this, just so I could tell him this is a much better film than, than those numbers would <laughs> the, indicate. Yes, yes. It's just an hour and 42 minutes, so if you have a, a couple hours on the weekend, you can watch this one. It is rated R. It's listed as a comedy drama romance, and we pause it once at the very beginning because I was trying to get my bearings and understand the plot. I would say, actually, you know, go ahead and watch this and Rock Stars before the next Winter Olympics because then you'll be able to catch some actual top-level curling. I agree. I agree. This is a fun film. It won the Pretty Funny Direction, Pretty Funny Female for Polly Shannon, and Pretty Funny Male Performance for Paul Gross at the Canadian Comedy Awards. Oh, yeah. So it's a winner. It really is. I think it's very surprising if you go based just on those numbers, you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yes, I agree. Go into it with low expectations like (laughs) I did. I thought this was going to be, you know, just a bad movie. And I was pleasantly surprised. I really enjoyed my time watching this film. Yeah, it's a good film. All right, everybody, that finishes off our month of sports films, or what we thought were sports films, minus one. Next month, we are going to be doing mysteries, and we're going to kick it off with one of Mike's favorite movies. I think I'm safe in saying a favorite. It's a mystery to me. What are we talking about? (laughs) Mr. Holmes. Oh, yes. This is one of my favorites. Yeah. Okay. I thought so. Like top 10? uh, Maybe. Okay. Right. Okay. So this is maybe surprising to people who know me or listen to me on this podcast, how much I like this film. If you have not seen it, I highly recommend you watch it before listening to the podcast. All right. So we'll see you next week and we'll be talking about Mr. Holmes. But never forget, you guys. Dodge is never stop and neither do the movies. Thanks for listening to Dodge Movie Podcast with Christy and Mike Dodge of Dodge Media Productions. To find out more about this podcast and what we do, go to dodgemediaproductions.com. Subscribe, share, leave a comment, and tell us what we should watch next. Dodges never stop, and neither do the movies. 